0: Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, there's one significant aspect of the Oppenheimer story that the film or the biographies of the man don't touch on. The people of Los Alamos and how the decision to build and detonate an atomic bomb there affected them. Elisa Lynn Valdez is a novelist and journalist whose family have lived there for 11 generations. Elisa, good afternoon. Hello, hi. Uh, Now, uh, many accounts of what happened... Uh, for the Manhattan Project, where it d- depicts that part of New Mexico as being deserted. Was that true?
1: No, no, that wasn't true. Um, it, there were, in, in the actual spot where the Los Alamos National Labs, or the labs that would become the Los Alamos National Labs, were built, there were two dozen families, farmers and ranchers, basically, living on that land, and they were forcibly removed from that land by the U.S. Army.
0: Did they own that land?
1: They not only owned that land, but um, they had been there. Their families had been there in some cases for centuries. And the U.S. government took it by, you know, a law called eminent domain here where the government can take your land if mm. they deem it necessary for national security. They promised to pay those homeowners. Um, but and when it, there was one of those homesteaders who was uh, non non Hispano, non Native American white man who had moved out there because he had tuberculosis. But other than that, they 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 only paid um the Hispano they they promised them seven dollars an acre and then they promised the white owners of this big children's ranch two hundred and some dollars an acre. <laughs> but in many cases they didn't even pay the Native American or Hispano landowners at all.
0: Yeah and, and it's worth pointing out that these are all American citizens. These, they, yeah, not that that should make of a course. difference, but they were no, American. No. Yeah.
1: It's, it's a really important thing because the, the U.S. government, you know, the U.S. government got New Mexico as a state in 1848 from Mexico when it, it after the Mexican-American War. Mm. Seven United States states used to belong to Mexico. And so the people who were here had been here before this was the United States. The the, New Mexico only became an official United States state in 1912. So the people who were living on that land far predated their new nationality that had been imposed on them only about 30 years before this happened. So many of the old old people there didn't even speak English yet, and they were not provided with translators when they were told to leave their land. Um, So there was a lot of – there's been from the very beginning uh, the U.S. has – the U.S. government has downplayed the fact that huge portions of our country were formerly Spain and or Mexico, and there's this propaganda that's perpetrated through movies and so forth around the world that any Latino pop- person who's in the U.S. is you know, a migrant, an immigrant, and those, those terms are conflated with criminality on much of our right wing and even mainstream news media here.
0: Uh, make that yes, make that comparison. Right. Well, the, the the people then who were moved off that land, where did they go, and what happened to them?
1: Well, it was a very rural area at the time. There were no major cities. There was one little road that went up to Los Alamos. Uh, it was real windy and narrow. They called it La Culebra, which means the snake. They didn't have anywhere to go, so they went, you know, down the hill. And what began there was a really sad part of of history for us of great marginalization and impoverishment for people who had been there for a long time who were land rich but money poor this wasn't really a a community that was used to necessarily using money for anything Mm. and so that that generation of men at the time who got thrown off of that land or who lived in the area and suddenly found themselves without a a means to survive because the the Manhattan Project, the labs are huge. Los Alamos did not exist. It's a city there now. That um, many of those men then went back to the labs asking for work. And they were given work, but they were given terrible jobs uh, working with beryllium and other extremely toxic chemicals. A, a friend of mine has a photo of her father uh, working over a vat of beryllium. And his two white supervisors have full, you know, moon suit protective gear on. And he and, you know, the Hispanic and Native men were not given the, that kind of gear. So you have a whole generation of men, her father included, who died of borreliosis because they were knowingly exposed to this extremely toxic chemical yeah. by the people who commandeered their land. Loida filed a class action lawsuit against the labs on behalf of her dad and the other people who died in this way. And she won. Now, that's the story Hollywood should be telling.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, the. Th- uh, um... Apart
0: from the men who worked there, an atomic bomb went off there. So that must have affected generates and still be affecting people there.
1: Yeah. So New Mexico is huge. I think we're almost the same size as uh, the UK. Um, It's the fifth largest state. And they did not detonate the bomb right in Los Alamos because they lived there. You know, the Hmm. Manhattan Project people lived there. Instead, they chose an area further south called Alamogordo near White Sands, um, it's the Trinity test site. And that's where my family lived. My mom uh, comes from a ranching family down there. The um, Loida has found all these internal documents that she has shown to me. I've optioned her life story. It's really fascinating. But when they were trying to figure out where to drop the bomb, they chose that area. And that some concern was raised that people lived there. And the, the actual verbiage was something like, well, it's not that big a deal because it's nothing but cows and Mexicans. That's how they viewed our mm-hmm. communities, and what's real, what's interesting, might be interesting to your listeners. Is my mother's mother was one hundred percent Irish from Dungarvin. Uh, she, her dad, came out here working, building the railroads alongside indentured, you know, Chinese folks, and was a real working class guy. He, she married into a Hispano family here, so that's my mom's family. And they had a farm. My mom was 18 months old when that bomb was dropped uh, about, it's 87 miles by car, but if you were to fly, it would be more like 60 mm-hmm. miles. And uh, of the 21 girls in my mom's graduating high school class, 17 of them had leukemia. My mom has had health problems her whole life, as have many people in New Mexico, because that, that radiation went everywhere. Um, but they were very, very close to it. My great-grandfather used to talk about how he thought the sun had come up twice that day because the bomb was so bright, and he was out, he was a sheep rancher, so he was out early with his animals and was quite confused.
0: Yeah, and there's still effects of all this today.
1: Yes, in fact, uh, oh yeah, no, our, our state is radioactive And none of this has stopped the uh, weapons, nuclear weapons industry is the biggest industry in the state. The amount of money that our federal government pours into New Mexico every year to make these weapons and develop new ones that are even bigger and better, better in quotes, uh, is actually larger than the state's entire budget for the year. So they employ everybody um, it's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of like, I was a little bit scared to even speak up about it because I am looking for a job right now. And I know <laughs> in this state, if you kind of, you know, say anything about any of this, the, the, the people in charge are not fond of that. Um So yeah, it's still a problem. And in 2018, there was an inspection done by the Department of Energy at the Los Alamos National Labs, and the labs were cited again in 2018 for not giving workers adequate protective gear working with beryllium. It's still happening.
0: Is there an effect in terms of uh, um, generational trauma symptoms? That seems to also still be going on in New Mexico.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, this this state has so many problems. Um, we've been... Twice colonized, you know, once by Spain and then once by the United States. Uh, And that there's been there have been genocides here. It's just a strange place up at Los Alamos. The town, the city of Los Alamos has the most Ph.D.s and the most millionaires per capita in the United States because of all the patents for weapons and you know, science having to do with weapons, which is incredible. But right next door in Española, you know, in the Chimayo, Rio Arriba County area where all of the local people moved once Los Alamos came in, that county is consistently either the poorest county in America or w- within the top 10. And they have, you know, the nation's highest rates of heroin overdose of uh, those kinds of problems are going on there. In my own family, my mom's brain tumor, which was, the kind of brain tumor we were told that you only get from high doses of radiation. It was growing in her left frontal lobe for 30 years, probably. And what happens when you have a brain injury in that part of your brain, it, it changes your personality. So in our own family, my, my mother, you know, she went from being a, a basically a Sunday school teacher, Um, And a really great mom to just being this mean person that none of us recognized, And it just Mm. kind of blew the the family up and we didn't know what was going on with her. Just so our own family fell apart. And that had, you know, lots of repercussions for all of us.
0: Yeah. Alisa, we have to leave it there, sadly. Uh, But thank you so much for uh, sharing that uh, story with us. Moncrief weekdays at 2 p.m. With Anna Glaze on Talk.